I'll start with this. We mentioned it at the top of the show. Let's just give you our um, considered, consolidated thoughts on Paul Kimmage's, which is the first part, I think, of a series in which he, um, to, to use the Irish independence uh, headline, investigates Irish horse racing's dirty secrets. This, Dave Yates, is an expansion on the initial interview that Paul did with Jim Bolger several months ago. Yeah, it is. I mean, we have to go back, don't we, to October 2020, which was the first Jim Bolger interview, I think, in the Irish field, uh, in which he said that Irish racing had a, mm. a drugs problem. This and was with Dara Cahur. Yes. Yeah. And then since then, there have been uh, you know, various articles that both David Walsh and Paul Kimmage uh, right on top of this story. Um, yeah, the most recent one in, in today's paper... As uh, the Irish Independent. In the Irish Independent, um, talks about Stephen Mann, the, the trainer who is currently suspended for welfare breaches by the IHRB, um, talks about... So we've, we've got almost a, a chain of whistleblowing here, haven't we? We've got Stephen Mann, who quotes his contact... John Doe, uh, who has been working in the stables of Trainer X. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't know the identity of John Doe, obviously. We don't know the identity of Trainer X. Stephen Mann is the conduit, it seems, between the thoughts originally of Jim Bolger, that's where he was getting his information from, and his man inside the stable, John Doe, who had formerly been somebody who I think had held a licence and couldn't, couldn't get on. Yeah, that's right. And uh, John Doe tells um, Stephen Mann that uh, Trainer X, that just reading from my notes, um, corticosteroids that are used like salt, uh, a couple of uh, brand names of, of testosterone as well that are routinely applied to the horses. So this and, is... And that tracks are being very well covered as well. So yes, there's an element indeed. of subterfuge and deceit, which is all very well organised, so that they know exactly how to play the system, even if the substances they're using are not like off-label substances. Paul, Kim Paul Kimmich's uh, piece also details conversations with Stephen Mann and Lynn Hillier um, of the IHRB with regard to what the IHRB will do about this as part of its anti-doping programme. Um, as I said at the top of the programme, there, there are some buffers which we always reach with this, and they are in John Doe, um, Trainer X, in that the, the, the legal ramifications, you don't need to be Rumpole of the Bailey to, to appreciate those, mm. that if anybody were to be named uh, in this instance, then uh, it, would, it would trigger a pretty hefty uh, legal response. Part two is going to come very soon. It'll be interesting to see. It's very readable, this. It's very interesting. It is. Contextually, I mean, there's some stuff in there that's not strictly germane to the case, but contextually it's very interesting, very readable, as you'd expect. It's that gentle kind of thrum all the time, isn't it, of is, is, is it clean? Is the sport clean? Even if a person is not being named, and it's just that all the time. And... I don't mean this in a... I mean this as an observation rather than a criticism, but the contextual stuff that surrounds the nitty-gritty is, is there to... It's not... If you think that there are dirty secrets that need to be unearthed in racing, the contextual stuff around it, almost the surround sound, isn't going to disabuse you of that, even though it's not going to yeah. lead you to a... a phrase I don't want to use, but smoking gun. And it's going to invite you to consider 
the way in which the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board um, police these cases. It's going to invite you to consider whether they're doing it properly, whether they're being lent on by higher powers to either brush things under the carpet or to uh, deal with situations in a way otherwise they wouldn't have done. That's, that's the way it's just taking the reader yeah. into those realms quietly. Uh, IHRB has said, all info received by the IHRB is assessed and acted upon may include escalating to relevant authorities. All info received is treated on a confidential basis. That was a statement that they gave me this morning. It's a sort of holding statement. We'll wait to see how that, how that progresses. We wait to see how, how the career of Asheen Murphy progresses. I'm sure it'll progress very well when he gets back on a race course. But the question will be, when is he going to get back on a race course after the hearing this week into multiple breaches of uh, the uh, alcohol limits, uh, once at Chester and once at Newmarket, well publicised, and more seriously in terms of how much he could be given for it, in terms of a sentence, the breach of COVID protocols when he was found to have misled investigators. Yes, indeed. As you say, there are the, there are the two uh, failed breathalyser tests, um, May 2021, and of course on uh, Phillies Mile Day at Newmarket in September. Yes, there is a, the issue of um, misleading officials as to his whereabouts uh, between September the 9th and September the 12th with regard to the observation of COVID protocols. So if we wind the clock back to, well, November the 12th, 12th was the last time we saw Asheen Murphy in action riding. Mm -hmm. The following month, uh, the hearing was scheduled for mid-December, but after representations from Asheen Murphy's lawyers, it was delayed whilst he sought medical support for the issues that he needs to sort out. Now, on Tuesday, the hearing will take place. As you say, it's, the, the COVID stuff is likely to be more seriously dealt with, isn't it? When we discussed this at the beginning of the week, I think I put the likely, I guessed at the likely ban of between three and six months. It, it's it's going to be nearer six than three, isn't it? Well, I think that the BHA... It's a bit of a how long's a piece of string, because yeah, the entry, if you add up all the entry points for the various different offences and and then try and work out what what leeway they might give themselves, it, it could be anything up to a couple of years, but, yeah. but it's unlikely to be that. I the BHA think. have um, put this in a... Um, unusually... Uh, if one looks to the past, but probably not unusually uh, in terms of what will happen in the future, that at the time in December, they were apt to reference an individual's mental health, that mm. they have a, a mm. disciplinary role to fulfil as part of yeah. the regulator, but they must do that with, with appreciation of mental health difficulties uh, that, uh, that the, the accused, if you like, is... Um, is facing um, so that will come into it Asheen Murphy is 26 he's had he's clearly over the last couple of years had issues that he has sought to address and that he needs to address he, he's admitted as much that's yeah. not that's not any this is gonna, this, it's going to help him that he's not really contesting any of this yes isn't it? it is it'll help expedite the process as well but you know the point I want to make is that He's, he's 26 years old. He was 26 in September. And he seems to have been around for an awful long time. Yeah. He was, you know, he was, he was whenever that four-timer on Air Gold Cup yeah. day, he must have been in his teens at that point. And he's got a long and successful career ahead of him. 
Qatar Racing have stood by him. And, you know, it, all of us who love horse racing and love flat racing want him to sort out those issues and then have another successful, what, two, two and a bit decades riding. Let's hope that, that that's what happens. And by the same token, the British Horse Racing Authority will know that it's in their, their interest that the judicial panel give him a, a sentence that answers to, to yep. some, of the, the, some of the charges or the of severity of some a, of the charges a, that are there. Th those are the balances any regulator, any judicial um, process needs, mm. to, needs to find, aren't they? Okay, so that will um, start Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Starts Tuesday. All right, um, Ty, <laughs> I almost crossed it off. But it's, gonna, it's almost going to get double time here for all sorts of reasons because everyone's jumped in on it. Tiger Roll uh, apparently won't run in the Grand National. T Tiger Roll will not run in the 2022 uh, Grand National. It's, the, it's the, the gift that keeps on giving for journalists, this, because... Um, for lazy journalists, I, I isn't it? It's for us lazy journalists. Uh, well, I've no, done no, it as well, no, isn't it? No, not lazy journalists. Don't we just go, ah, well, excellent, okay, excellent. All right. um, Michael O'Leary on Tiger Five Roll. Um, yeah, you Michael, might yeah. Okay, Isn't ring, it? ring, uh, work for a tabloid newspaper or even a broadsheet newspaper. Ring them and say, "Oh, got a lovely piece with Rachel Blackmore telling us how much at the at the launch today, telling us what a thrill it was to win the Randox Grand National. Lovely piece. I'll just just press the button now, and you're driving home from Liverpool, and you get a call from the sports editor to say, "Listen, mate." Michael O'Leary said that Tiger Roll's not going to run. We're going to rip your stuff out, and you'll have to do something new on Tiger Roll. That wasn't me, but it was an un <laughs> it was a couple of unnamed um, press room colleagues that that happened to. So, nuts and bolts. You, you, know, you never bothered with the Rachel Blackmore stuff. You just went straight in for well, the O'Leary. I, 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 yeah. I was I was working on other projects on on <laughs> Tuesday, but that's by the by. Listen, um, the horse didn't run. Uh, in 2021, when he was given a rating of 166, Martin Greenwood on Tuesday gave him 161. This was Panda's absurd and an idiotic opinion uh, by Michael O'Leary. Uh, he doesn't want Tiger Roll to run. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, we won't see Tiger Roll. A, a great shame. Remember that Red Run was 12 mm -hmm. after two fallow years having won his first two Grand Nationals. Um, but is, an, another point to this is that the the BHA, unusually for them, came out in defence of Martin Green with the handicapper uh, this week. Um, Richard Wayman, the CEO, said that um, we're not going to rise to the O'Leary's um, comments on this occasion. He thanked the num number cruncher Greenwood for uh, his thorough and yeah. fair approach as always um, but interestingly in the future when the code of conduct that the BHA is finalizing I think that'll be out in the coming mm -hmm. weeks and months won't it so that's a I think yeah. that's what I said it was yeah. woolly enough imprecise enough, that such um, such outbursts like that in future will be dealt with really? of well yes see whilst well, I don't see whilst I don't agree with Michael O'Leary and um, I, I think he's getting too bogged down in the absolute pounds and ounces a horse will be carrying rather than the relativity of the horse's merit to others in the race. Uh, and and I, I think it's kind of absurd and he should be running. I sort of defend his right to sort of say what he wants. If he wants to slag the handicapper off, fine. And I also take all the points that he might have been irresponsible to talk about the horse's welfare. But should that be should that be regulated well, by the BHA? You, uh, I mean, because if you if you want well, to be up to a point, 
up to a point. If you uh, if you describe an official's opinion as idiotic, well, mm, okay, may, maybe that's that's what I'm saying. It's borderline. If you say that that official does not want that horse to run, I think you are v very clearly over the other side of okay. the line because you are you're not you're not saying like same with with referees in in football if we broaden that out you say well it clearly wasn't a penalty i don't know what the referee was thinking about he never touched him he's not that kind of player by the way then that's a chris that's a chris hang on that's a criticism of the well, referee's well, opinion if you I'm, are then claiming that he's not impartial by saying he's he's got something against barnstonesworth he does this every week well that's when the trouble starts. Which, if you say Martin Greenwood doesn't want the horse to run, that's... You're impugning him in some way. Right. OK, fine. Well, that leads us on to, neatly to the next point, because Barry Hearn, the celebrated sports promoter and a man who is, uh, has got a, a deep appreciation uh, of horse racing through his, his owning and breeding exploits, he said that the sport needs characters, either two-legged or four. It doesn't have enough enough characters in it. Now, I put it to you, not only is Tiger Role an equine character, Michael O'Leary is a character. He's, he gets us talking about him. Yeah, he's, inter he's an interesting person. Yes, I, I totally get that. I mean, I've, I've benefited from Michael O'Leary's... Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, 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 as has every member of the media. Of, of course. You know, you, you go to... Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have... Michael O'Leary's mobile phone, but I can go up to him at a race course and say, can I have a chat about this? And he'll sort of say, what do you want to talk to me for? As if, like, well, you know very well. And then, then, then he'll proceed to talk for about 10 or 11 minutes. And you ring the office and say, I've got He's some not good Mrs stuff. Doyle got from Father Ted. With, um, <laughs> with Michael O'Leary. Now, with regard to the characters, <laughs> I, I think that it's, um, it's a... It's a lament. It's, it's a common lament that there aren't the characters in the, in the game these days. It's a, 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 a sport that I love and follow, snooker. It's, a, it's one that's always mm. made that. And, and it's not true. There are, there are some great characters uh, in snooker, as there are in horse racing. I'm always envious of the American racing media mm. when they can do, uh, of, 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 of which you are a central figure, um, when, when you do a Kentucky Derby and there are these... Good old boys who uh, who can uh, who aren't oil shakes that you can't get hold of, or mm. uh, the Coolmore triumvirate again, wh whom one can't ring. I must um, say Anthony Oppenheimer with um, with Golden Horn during that season. I, I approached him at at um, uh, I think it was Sandown and said, "It'd be really great if I could get hold of you." And and, and he just said, "Well, I'll give him my mobile." And the ability to talk to a derby winning owner during the season was a, a huge a huge boost to to the sport his his accessibility mm. um so sorry we we've run out of time T um with with um Barry Hearn he also wrote that uh tiger, tiger role was was, was, was it was like, like federer with federer without, without federer federer without federer which I think that's overstating Tiger Roll. Yeah, of course he's part of the story. He didn't run last year. Rachel Blackmore won it on Min Minella Times. No one gave a tinker's cuss about Tiger Roll in the um, press room after that. We, we were all trying to get Grant Rowley to um, serve up Rachel Blackmore to us. Uh, with limited success. It's a good job you've let that go. <laughs> um, so, the... 
of course we want we, we want uh, we want to tell all the tales that we can um to illustrate the the what a great sport horse racing is we we benefit from that ourselves what's you know source for the goose etc etc um but in the case of tiger roll of course it's, it's a shame he but he's merely one part of the story isn't he and it was merely one story this week. Uh, we spent quite a lot of time talking about Sir Mark Todd. The first airing of this, uh, of this video was the night leading into the show last week. So we, we did speak about it at the beginning of last week's programme uh, at some length. And the news this week is that Sir Mark has, been, has had his licence suspended whilst the VHA carry out further investigations. Yes. This was on Wednesday, I mm. think. And I must say, I... I've gone through the sort of arc of feeling of reaction. It's on on Monday, I, I, you know, we spoke about it, and I said I felt shocked. And obviously, Sir Mark Todd has apologised. Um, there's been a whole spect, a, a very broad spectrum of uh, opinion expressed on social media, usually on the extremes, as is as is often the case uh, with that medium. My my take on it was changed materially by actually speaking to Sir Mark Todd. I rang the number a couple of times, didn't get an answer, kept trying, and as one has been used to doing over the last, what is it, nearly 30 years, I said, hi Mark, it's Dave Yates here from the Daily Mirror, how are you? And of course, it was a dumb question because he's not very bright. And he said, well, how, how do you expect? And um, it brought home to me that this is somebody of with a, a huge body of work in his uh, field who is hugely decorated this who by his own admission has made a mistake we don't really know the context surrounding well, the short clip that that, um, ev that evidently is becoming clearer according to horse and hound this week who have uh, published a lengthy uh, statement that has been sent by an anonymous spectator who witnessed this cross-country schooling event and who has sent that to the to the BHA in in support of uh, Todd's uh, good character. I, I, I winced when I saw him run the first because there were ten there were ten hits and the first one he runs with a branch mm. at the horse's back so that made me made me wince and as you know I'm a staunch supporter of the Procus, which is a completely different issue so we're not going to talk about that or com or confuse the two uh, right now. But um, he's admitted his mistakes. He expects censure from the BHA. He's already had part of that by the suspension, uh, temporary suspension of his license. Were they right to suspend the license pending? I don't know, really. I think I think that's a moot point, uh, to be honest. But I think that the, as I say, m my situation at this week, I'm I'm not I I'm not here to defend Sir Mark Todd but I am here to, to express the opinion that um, th that this is something that needs mm. a bit of context and it needs th th there are nuances to it rather than the sort of Twitter right that's it he's out you know it's, it's people must either be sacked so an activity on on Twitter must either either be compulsory or banned mustn't it mm. and there's very little in between and I'm just merely saying that I think that in this instance the middle ground or somewhere within it is the is is probably the best place to be you're going to get the first Rachel Blackmore interview this year I'm told Okay, uh, the gambling review. We are edging, we believe, closer to the to the white paper. We think we've spoken to a number of members of parliament over the last few weeks. We've um, 
we've tried to draw as many strands together as possible. Uh, this week there's been much more strength of feeling uh, towards um, the bookmakers and their own responsibilities to customers. Um, Dave, what do you want to touch on? Yeah, there have been a couple of things this week. The um, Michael Duggar did a, mm. a, an interview with Bill Barber in the race. A call post. to arms? Yeah, it was a call to arms. And I think that um, you had Andrew Bridgen on, on mm. last week's Luck on Sunday. Now, obviously, there was, there was an exchange in Parliament where gambling minister, if you like, uh, Chris Phil. Well, he is for these purposes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, said that the, he, he gave an assurance that the gambling review would not undermine the financial condition of horse racing. And I think a few people breathed a sigh of relief uh, when they heard that. And I think Michael Duggar's um, call to arms this week was to say, right, that, that this, this job isn't uh, done yet, that racing needs to get off its backside. Didn't go um, down that well, I don't think, in, in BHA Towers, that. Yes. Among I, certain board I, I, members I, of the BHA. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair to say. Um, the other thing that uh, was, I think, was at the start of this week, was it that Ark said that they would, they would, their tracks would no longer. No, that was the previous week. It was the previous. We've week. done that. Okay. Excuse me. Would no longer take casino-based advertising yeah. from yeah. bookmakers. Yeah. And so uh, we've we've hoped for uh, ever since that this was announced in December 2020, the initial feeling of of dread that this is going to impact on horse racing. I think that many of us have felt that, well, actually, if we can demonstrate that bookmakers are behaving responsibly, that there is a difference between uh, wagering on a horse and uh, betting on, on games of pure chance, then horse racing not only, uh, not only has an opportunity to limit the damage, but possibly possibly benefit, profit benefit from it. Term. And yeah. that, of course, is balanced for many people, and quite understandably so, by the need to hold the major betting firms to account for their own increasingly uh, restrictive practices. Yeah. So, that, you know, on one hand, the sport wants to support the betting industry in not having over-sensorious regulation in, in Parliament, but on the other hand, it wants to hold their feet to the fire and say, well, come on, treat our customers the way we would like them to be treated so that they continue to bet with you. It's a very delicate balance for yes. the sport to strike, which I think is why Joe Somerez Smith from the Gambling Strategy Group and the BHA are just being a little tentative in what they say publicly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, um, the way that bookmakers' behaviour has obviously come, come under the spotlight here, hasn't it, with, with regard to... It, it's, it's in... Uh, the problem is, in terms of share prices, bookma bookmaking companies don't necessarily take a long-term view, do they? They take a, a shorter to medium-term mm. view, I would say, in terms well, of... Particularly as the companies themselves have become bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger. So these massive, great beer moths, inter international you know, firms. It, yeah. Yeah, that, that level of personal customer relationship is naturally going to, 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 to dissipate. Yeah. Last one. Last Number one. Seven. Um, Australian Raiders at Royal Ascot. I sense you're, t you're flagging. No, I've, let you, I've let you go over the uh, two no, minutes every time. Not. No, no, just the, the clock is starts. I, just, I felt with that a reason. I've had, the, I've had the Procus on you today. The right, so what I'm going to I'm going to set this up. Right. 
the lightning stakes at Flemington. Yeah. Yes, uh, yesterday. Earlier, more, Won by the Coolmore owned Home Affairs beating Nature Strip. His Chris Waller trade and a more high profile stable companion. James McDonald, through his association with Waller and with Coolmore, had chosen to ride Home Affairs over the unlucky Nature Strip, who was ridden by Jamie Carr. The pair of them could come to Royal Ascot. They're coming out of a race which has supplied any number of Royal Ascot winners. How badly would Royal Ascot now like to entertain Australians again? Yeah, very badly, I would say, as a result of COVID. Well, we, we did have. Uh, Wesley Ward as an international challenger, didn't we? Campanelli, of mm. course, uh, was promoted in the six furlong race. The now uh, the platinum, no, no, the no, the Commonwealth Cup. Cup. Yes, um, and we've not had Australian runners, as you say. This was this was an interesting race. If anyone would like to watch it, uh, Nature Strip, who's a six to five favourite, gets squeezed out at the start. Um, Home Affairs takes advantage of that and then in the end clings on by uh, a short head um, in that five furlong race and yeah we, we will I'm sure that Nick Smith will be doing his utmost to th that's the th that's an area that during the the first internationalization I suppose of of Royal mm -hmm. Ascot it was it was particularly the the sprinters from Oz Australia that they targeted. Well, Schwarzier was the poster boy, Absolutely. wasn't he? And then that begat yeah. takeover target and Miss Andretti and Scenic Blast and all the others. Yeah, Black Caviar, of course. Black Caviar. Um, and so, yeah, the, it, it, of course, it, it's a it's a great it's a great boost to the meeting, isn't it? it it's uh, I, I often wonder whether whether um, in terms of punting, one likes just to deal with horses that one knows from one one's own continent but I think that's now an old-fashioned view and I'll I'd be very these two will be a, a real addition to Royal Ascot 2022 let's hope we see them in June thank you very much thank those you. were this week's talking points